<laughs> uh, <laughs> or maybe that's just where we are. I guess so. Uh, Dennis, it's been a week, I guess, since I saw you. We were yeah, in person yeah. together. We were yes, yeah. in the deep physical embrace at one point. And well, now here we are. Let's not go uh, into detail. Now here we are in Ocean here Park. We are live. Live again. It's great to be live. Yes. Well, actually, recorded live. Recorded live, yes. The, yes. the actual listener will be hearing this within uh, one to 25 days, depending on my editing prowess. Schedule. Schedule. Yes. Schedule. It was, it was a uh, wonderful trip, and your, your, your work is deeply appreciated. My work. Your work, your professional work, your video crafting, your uh, yes. documentarianism. Documentarianism, uh, yes. That's, yes. I majored in that in college. Yeah, I I loved it. <laughs> I was so disappointed that like my phone apparently having your phone track your exact location to the yard when you're on the golf course via GPS signals and then continuing to record 4K video of entertainment that evening. My phone died and I think I don't know. I was I really thought I was recording when you were giving your performance and that moment when you realized that I was recording you and not uh, backstage ready to hop out and, and dance was so brilliant. And the expression on your face was just uh, that of betrayal. And it was so lovely. And I was so happy to be recording that at the time that it happened. And you did it. But then the recording is not on my phone. Uh, so it's lost That's, that happens so much that you only have to lay back and say, it was meant to be. It was meant to be only the moment. Exactly. And uh, so much of what happens when we are together there at our little soiree in Myrtle Beach is like, you're supposed to be there in the moment. And yes, we capture a little bit of video here and there, a little bit of sound, but the true magic of what happens there is when we are there in the groove, in the moment, just yeah. being together. Our, ex our individual and common expression is so unified that the here and now-ness of it is as solid as any moment I've ever had like that. Yes. And it's different than what happens when I'm playing in a local band who, you know, has me up and then I, we figure it out. And I have uh, ultimately the same in the moment experience, which of course drives all sorts of physiological events, different synapses working and different right. types of shit happening to, to your nerves. But that's nowhere near what happens because when i'm playing there we're playing a song and when we're playing in myrtle beach we're just playing together correct we're just playing together and it might be and it is almost always harmonious a lot of fun i <laughs> i knew that you would only captured some of it and i know that anybody like tall paul is going to say where am i he did that beautiful rendition of blind that he you know co-wrote with rick 30 years ago it was fantastic and in my, since the thinking about the tunes and literally listening to them in my head or what right. I can remember snippets. And then of course your video brought home. Now I will say that I have an idea for you is that you're, can you hear me? Okay. Cause your face is frozen on the screen. I can. And so is yours. Luckily, this is a podcast. Oof. Hey, I had to start us up again, man. Yeah. About one thing that came to mind when we were there making just this glorious music was in Spain, I'm sure you've heard the word um, ole that people say when that's a thing that the audience says when 
either a musician or a dancer or a bullfighter is doing something amazing. And the, the origins of that go back to when the Moors conquered Spain. And it's basically saying Allah. Like the idea is the performer has conjured God because they've done such a beautiful thing. They've brought ah. divinity to earth. <laughs> and that is what you're, what, you're, what you're applauding when you say ole. Where can, and, where can people send money to, to listen to you say these things? Because I know, right? It's patreon.com slash happy hour. You can find it right there. Right. But because the, what you what you just said can change people's lives. I know, right? Put your hand on the screen, man. Put your hand on the yes, screen, bro. Yes. 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 I feel you. Yes. So that is what like we have moments there that is just pure fucking bliss in a way that is it can't be put into words. It's just that perfect where we all do a turnaround and come back on beat number one or whatever. It's just yes, a there, there was a there was a long moderate paced blues tune that we started one evening that had one uh, and we finished all five one, evenings later. No, all, all but one person in the room was part of what became a circle. Yes, and the observer was Chef Jojo, who was nodding and in, in, in what he described, and I quote, "It's the best time I've ever had in my life." Hell yes. So he, that, I gave him my phone for recording several of the videos that, that we have. He gets definitely some credits for that. The, the shots you captured of him cooking were great, but they omitted the final dish. And he and I had a huge laugh over the picture of the dessert, which not only had been already ravishly eaten, but there appeared to be a, a little spit up of, of gobbler, a little goob in the side where his salivation had pooled in the ice cream and we just laughed and laughed there which jojo and i are he is a, a professional and has fed as many as uh 2400 people lunch Damn. that's what he's been in charge of in his life and so him in a kitchen by himself but is, when the dish came across my vision like it was i just wanted to i didn't want to take my camera out and take a picture of it i just wanted to like, get that in my belly oh so guess who left a plastic container of his grandmother's recipe chocolate sauce who left really? a container of it really in Good the enough. fridge and i was the last one to leave <laughs> so listen to this so i get to danny's house and i know that the, the festivities of the golf weekend are ending and that soon i will clean up my act but in one last binge i buy a half a gallon of vanilla bean ice cream yes and i have a tupperware that's two fingers thick with sauce it's enough for 10 servings and I ate three quarters of it in three servings. <laughs> nice. I was in heaven. Then, of course, I nodded off and I kept, you know, I was in bed. You know, I mean, of course, sure. you know. this was more or less the day or two after we left. Yes, the day after. So, sure. But because um, if you'd waited a week, it could have been a Super Bowl Sunday. Did you watch the game? <laughs> Did I watch the game? Hell no. No? Ridiculous? At, at, from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. my time? No, that's not well, a thing that Were you too drunk? You're too drunk? Yeah, I was too drunk at 4 a.m. to, yes. Yeah, I knew it. I too jet-lagged, but... Yeah, when'd you get back? <clears throat> I got back on Super Bowl Sunday oh. around noon, my time. So then by 4, let's see, by, by 10, I was in bed. That would have been a couple hours before the game. But anyway, yeah, yeah well, not a thing. So my man, Matt Stafford, uh, quarterback for LA Rams, they won. I was cheering him on. So I, I, I was successfully uh, selected the Bengals to beat Kansas City, and I was overjoyed with that. 
much to my brother's total, total anger, the way it was communicated. But, but then also that same team I wanted to win to get into the Super Bowl. I didn't necessarily, I didn't want to win the game. And so that came to pass, well, but it's, so it's interesting for the, for Michigan, for the city of Detroit, because Matt Stafford was drafted there 2009. He's been there for 12 years and he has better statistics than virtually like age statistics. At what age did he do this or that right. better than Joe Montana, better than Brady, better than others. Cause he was so young, but better 12 years, huh? Better than me. That seems yeah. <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, as hard as that is to believe. So he had all the stats, but he never won a playoff game. The only playoff game it was in New Orleans. Blah blah blah. But for him to go, him to be traded and it to be publicized that the coach of the team says we have invited him only to win the Super Bowl, and then he does it for us in Detroit. It's oh Matthew. Right. We knew that the GM and the corporate nonsense in the Ford family is what makes you unable to be a successful in the one thing that matters the most, which is wins in the Super Bowl. The one we thing knew, that we knew it wasn't you. We knew it wasn't you. We knew all the time it wasn't you. Never did you, you think me. it was you. Well, no, okay. it's them. So anyway, enough of that. I see you have on Detroit Lions blue. So yes. that's what sparked the blue and silver, as it turns out. It that's was, what sparked this conversation. I know you've just enjoyed it so much. It, it was great to meet to meet Joe. You probably don't recall, but in the last episode, you said, hey, when you meet Joe, just call him chef the whole time. Don't call him Joe. Call him chef. What, did you? And when he was in the kitchen, I said, hey, chef, how's it going? He said, don't you ever fucking call me that again. <laughs> and I knew that I knew I suspected that you had set me up for something like this. But he went on this rant about how any little podunk uh, doofus that goes through culinary, like one month of culinary school like demands to be called chef. And, and that's a load of bullshit. But I thought that was funny. And I loved that, that you had set me up to set him up for that. So, I didn't I didn't know he was going to say that. But you knew that that would rub him the wrong way. Like, no, I didn't. That's why you No, I didn't. Really? Total news to me. Okay. Honest to God. Okay. Total news to me. I was hoping it would catch on. I know. I don't. I've never. He's never ranted on me about that ever. Well, I thought that was hilarious. What, what, what an amazing. I've never uh, called him chef, by the way. I've never yeah. called him chef. So you wouldn't. He's your brother. But yeah. So I anyway, schlep, 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 Joe. Schlep, Joe. So uh, Joe. after I met with you, I saw Danny, who you had spent some time with, and he told the story of, about your time with him, and it like coincided exactly with your story. For once, I believe you, or either you guys got <laughs> your story together. You the fishing story. The fishing story about going about uh, finding a creek. Yeah, and yeah. There wasn't fish, and there was a young guy there with a with two rods, and uh, like it all matched up perfectly with your story. I'm glad that I passed your questionable test. Yes, I think the your smell test. Smell test. I don't know. That's what they call stuff like that. You're an image of yourself, correct? You're looking increasingly like the young child in the Adams family with your 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 peak. Of hair that dips down yes. your, your rather formidable forehead. Yes, my uh, my. I very almost, much need a uh, haircut. Yes, it almost matches the uh, the exact slope of your nose. So it's quite. You've become a caricature of yourself. I could part it oh. outside. Why don't you? I know. Put some brill cream on it and make a little wave there. Yes, well, I could do that, and maybe I will. But hey, probably, probably. Hey, so there's one clip, one moment on the docu film, the Vok docu video that is my favorite of of many. Well, there's a couple, but this is my ultimate favorite. Let me tell you my 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 great joy and surprise at the fact that at the end of the show, you did an after during credits. 
moment. It was it was it was, it was, the, it was the Vorba the Vorba Vorba or, concert Orba. Orba Orba. I never did know yes. the name of it. They, but it they, was should, very, they should sponsor this episode. Just saying, it was very strange, and I thought by <laughs> no far, really the best, the best performance <laughs> of the of the whole weekend for me. I that was so that was so late at night, and we were so ready for bed. Let's say what, did we play poker that night? I don't think so. I think that was a that was we, like we were several whiskeys deep at that point. And it was just you and me and Don. And that's right. Uh, we were just sitting there and you were just going crazy on this Orba thing. So for our two listeners that, that weren't present at the <laughs> together, this Orba thing, and I will put a link in the show notes, despite them not sponsoring us because lame. Yet. But yet. yet. Let's yet. hatch a plan for this. Yes. Hey, Orb spokespeople, I can get, I can probably arrange more Dennis playing your device. Uh-huh. Than for- in a reach that is worldwide. Exactly. It's, it's going to go viral. Not but, to mention, so, we were at one point, 460 of most listened to podcasts in Uruguay, or was it 640? That was moons ago, but yes. So anyway, wait, wait. Hold on, shut up and let me talk about the Orba. God damn it. This is... <laughs> so okay. This Orba is this little thing. It's about, it's like the size of a softball or maybe a nope. pool, a billiard ball. It's if you take, no, if you take a baseball and cut it in half, you have this thing in your hand. It but is that small. Okay. And it's and, and in fact, why don't you do the ad read about the just because power. it's that small, it's more difficult to play. And it's you know, it's it's really cool. Back to you, Chet. <laughs> so there's there's six or eight buttons on the top, and they all make these different sounds. It's like a uh, it's like a synthesizer sort of thing. And they all make different sounds, but then there's a button in the middle that you can like change whether or not you're playing like percussion synthesized sounds or a uh, bass or chords of some sort or of organ, organ or something or yeah. piano or some weird electronic yeah some weird wah, 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 wah. yeah very it, it's this silly little toy basically that you would give to the sort of thing that a that an eight-year-old might play with but uh, eight uh, seems a little young to me but maybe but it was right in dennis's wheelhouse of entertainment <laughs> you're being gracious by saying eight-year-old Dennis was very entertained by this little thing that you could press i was i love i love the percussion it was a fun moment because paul don was yeah. was at there was another point when i did it again where he had another he'd had enough of it so <laughs> in between all of my playing he was yelling out stop it stop it and take it away from him yes I remember oh that. lord yeah, that that was that was a new toy. I'd, I'd like to get one actually because I, I, it was very relaxing to try to figure it out. What well, is the difference of, of this and other type of things? Is that this has a built-in recording device in it, so that if you uh, press things a certain way, two presses in the middle, a pause, and then another press or whatever, there's a code is to record what you're playing and repeat it and repeat it, and uh, in other words, a track, and it allows you to do two tracks. So you have a double track recording device in your hand, but I never got any instructions. I never, I mean, I just picked yeah, it up it, that, and I didn't understand how to do that. But a couple of times it happened by mistake. And I thought, yeah, the, that, that sort of device where there's just buttons that don't really have labels that like, you have to know that you have to hold down this button for two seconds. And that's different from just pressing it once. Yeah. Uh, is there's so many devices out there that are like that, but it's a tough thing to learn oh i just i meant to tell you i just polished off an abita amber made uh north of lake pots train you've mentioned that particular it's i found before. some and, and bought it and i just finished the last one what are you what are you hefting this evening i have a san miguel lager a typical uh-huh. spanish beverage let's see i've now switched to uh oh 
San Miguel Especial. Especial. San Miguel Especial. Yes. I've switched to Anchor Steam Beer, yes. which, did we talk about the label? We did, didn't we? I'm sure we have. We did. We did. We did. But it, it, Probably several it, times. I got, there were two different labels and the beer tasted completely different. That's because of a different label. That doesn't make sense. I asked them. They said, no, it's just the same beer. It's the same beer. Anchor Steam Beer. It's just a different label. But I said, well, I took two six packs back. And I said, I'm sorry, it's not the beer that I thought it was. Psychology, man. And the guy looked at me and said, oh, beer. <laughs> the guy I'll looked at it. you and said, oh, beer? Yeah, I meant to say, oh, dear, but oh, dear. But he said, oh, beer. I don't know. It was a little strange. Bro, a beer. A dude can't, can't taste beer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's Wow. Whoa. Wow. You're like Simon, man. You're like Paul Simon. Did you just make that up? Yeah, your hair's yeah. Garfunkel. Right. Although... If you're weary, feeling small. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I, yeah. so I went ice fishing. Did you? Because you were you went back fishing to Danny's, but then you... Oh, then, listen, since then, my life after Myrtle Beach, part one, going back to Danny's, besides eating the three helpings of ice cream and going into a diabetic coma. Thank, thank you, <laughs> Kyle. We got up the next day and cleaned around and we're out of there by 10. And he said, he had said before, he said, Hey, my son, Adam lives in Washington, DC with his girlfriend, Christian. Can we stop in and see him? Maybe spend the night. I said, let's do it, dude. So we drove only right five on, and man. a half hours, five and a half hours yeah. from Topsail Island, which because we had so much fun talking about what had transpired right. as the trip was ending, it felt like a 45 minute drive. Nice. And we got there not tired at all. And we went to the brewery that he manages called Blue Jacket, Washington, D.C. Big shout out. Industrial size warehouse, the Naval Yard, downtown D.C., a freaking warehouse with 45 foot ceilings and glass tops. And that went for three blocks, one building. It's all been transformed into bars and restaurants. and So his is huge. And uh, they've got 20 beers up on on the wall. Not all of them were active. Some new ones weren't. Did that went to this coolest placement where you go into a bar and it's all electronic. There is a menu projected <laughs> on the wall Whoa. and you have at your table, of course, the, the, what do you call it? The signal that you need to get the menu and all that. But when you open it, you have the menu for five restaurants huh. and those five restaurants are all in the hub. The middle of which is the bar where you're sitting. Nice. And when you walk out that bar down a hallway, all of the things, all of the the little restaurants, including a pie and a pizza and Chinese and five of them, all uh, Mexican, et cetera, as well as the drinks. And so when you do this electronically in order for the table and get your stuff, no matter where you ordered it, they bring it to you because you're right in the hub. Right. And it's that must that means to me it's the most extensive restaurant that I've extensive menu that I've ever seen because it was like shopping online, but they're all right there, man. Take. And it was great. Oh, God, the food was good. But here's my bitch. You have a bitch? I didn't have an amber. God damn it. They had 20, 20 beers. And the what? closest I could get to an the... amber was a brown. And the brown was good, and I drank it, but it, it was a brown. And it wasn't as good. And I just, I'm like, a, you know, let's do a crusade. Let's do a crusade. What? Except in our in our children and, and you know and women don't die. We'll we'll do a we'll do a, a, a PC version of the of the crusade. Wait, women and children don't die? So just we just kill the men that yeah. don't provide amber? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That's fair. So I flew through Washington Dulles on my way here. Did you? I did. And I had an amber in Washington Dulles while I watched <laughs> a UNC basketball game. 
versus whom? I forget. They crushed the hell out of them. Oh, okay. Uh, it wasn't I saw course. a little bit of the UN. Well, never mind. Anyway. Uh, so, so cool. A hub. I like the bar in the middle of a bunch of restaurants. Uh, yeah, thing. and I want to. I want to say that the bar that the name of it was the Roost, and that the insignia. This is. I could be totally wrong, and the insignia was obviously a, a rooster. Oh, really? Yeah, silhouette of a rooster. But as you sit in one spot and roost, and everything comes your way. Indeed. Uh, future me, when I'm editing this and trying to put show notes together, will either put that in the show notes or not. The, the place that he's renting, in expensive DC, is in a community that's a little rental area that sits right on the channel that uh, comes off the Potomac, where the local constabulary for watercrafts has their boats and fairly large vessels are there. The constabulary for watercrafts. Yes. Their apartment on the eighth floor, the top floor of a high rise and the corner has a view from the kitchen of all that water and the trees and the walkway along it. And the view in the front is way cool, but it's really nice to see how comfortable and really gorgeous hardwood floors on the, in the apartment, big open windows, a big balcony, and not they have a roommate, so it's not overly expensive. And we went from there to Joe's and stayed there for days, had a, a full body massage from a man at, at Revive in State College, PA. Yes, there, uh, we're all familiar with. I went back. Revive. I had another one. This one was because he had corrected so much. This one wasn't as, as painful. Your first uh, one was Revive, and then the second one's a Revive. Very good. Just so Sean, so in, in Joe went, Joe Joe got one too. And then we went out, listened to a band. I'd like to send you a clip of it just so you can hear it. But they build themselves as, uh, let's see, what did Appalachia? I don't know. That's what I said. There's uh, Americana. And my brother said, what does that mean? And I said, it's folksy, but don't be surprised if there's a banjo there and other, it's garage, it's, it's, gra- it's Appalachia music in the garage, jamming. And in fact, it was a three-piece band a four-piece band with a guy sitting on a drum exactly like what we played in Myrtle Beach, the seat yes. drum, and a fiddle player that was extraordinary, a stand-up bass, and a nice. singer who belted it out, who, among other things, played a panjo. Panjo. <laughs> what now? So Joe was not banned from the... Huh? Joe was not what? banned from the concert. No, no. But So here's the story. This place is in the basement of a, a, a certain corner of downtown State College, PA, right in the heart of Penn State, that has a hotel and three establishments, of, of, of a grill room and two different bars. One of the bars is where I was called Zeno's. And Zeno's is a basement Is that with an bar. X that's, or a Z? A Z. And that's where the Americana band was playing, and we're at the bar, and Joe's known this guy for 30 years. His name is Dave, bald-headed dude, running the place. I'm telling a story about Myrtle Beach you? in a voice that's, we're in the back corner of the bar, and the band is, we're as far away from the band as anybody in the place can be. And I'm telling a story to Joe's son. <laughs> and I'm using my voice, which is loud enough it. for them to hear me over the music. Yep. So suddenly, the bartender manager rushes over to me, grabs me by the shoulder and starts shaking my shoulder aggressively and says, Shut the fuck up, you did asshole. You, no. he, did you see those Mets? How about those Mets? They were really something, weren't they? Oh, God, those Mets. And then he walks away and goes, huh? makes himself a... He, then he goes to the tap because he's probably a little embarrassed of what he just did. But his back is to me and he's completely bald. And I said, hey, come back here. I've got a spot lower down on my back. I need that. And when you're done, can I rub your forehead? Can I know? Can I rub your head? What is and, is complaining about the Mets a New England thing? He, New England, I'm in State College, Pennsylvania. Okay. No. And, and here the thing was that he was imitating me, 
not knowing what I was talking about as if <sighs> that's what I was being so loud about. Was that's what I do all the time. So when he got, it's just so stupid. Just and then, you and and then when he gives me the beer we ordered or whatever, and he was a great bartender because I wanted an amber. He didn't have one. And I said, and he said, let me give you something. And he mixed two beers. He mixed a brown, I think, with a Pilsner. And damn, if it didn't turn red. I was very happy with wow. what he was serving. Yeah. And anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate. Anyway. Anywho. Anyway, he was playing the banjo. <laughs> anyway. He was playing the panjo. So that's so then he looked at me and he said he started like dancing with the music and moving his hands and saying, Hear the vibe, man, hear the vibe. This is just laid back. Music's made to be listening. He was telling me, in essence, you're being, you know, too loud. And in fact, I was loud enough for my bros to hear, but my response, which I didn't, I didn't say, what if, should we hear it now or should we no, not, we should hear should it. Should we table it for no ever? We should hear it now. What, should hear been, now. what would be your response, Dennis? Are you kidding me? Are we not in a fucking bar? Am I not allowed to tell a fucking story in a bar? You served me this beer, right? But I did it because I had a sense, whatever. And after he did this with the Mets, and blah, 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 Joe looked at me and I looked at Joe and Joe was stunned as I was and looked at me and he said, don't piss off Dave. <laughs> and that's why I didn't say anything. I left him a 30% tip and, and we shook hands and before we left, but... Since I left there, I lost my credit card, so I canceled it. Apparently, it appears to me that the charge to his place with his big tip may not uh, go through. Oh, but, man. But it's... then I'll call him. And you'll be really loud and obnoxious. Hey, Dave. <laughs> you know what I'll do? I'll hey, say, how about hey, those Dave? Mets? Hey, hey, Dave. <laughs> what about the Mets? <laughs> He'd probably nice. just hang up. He was kind of grumpy. I like how place... he, he picked you as just like a, a New Yorker asshole. He's in PA it's that's not pa people and new york people don't generally have that type of a of a riff if, if it sounded like i was from from new york city right yes you're right or a coastal northeastern location that i that it was obvious from my accent that could be an issue or if it, i was west virginia or whatever it sounded like trailer trash right which you know what in hindsight that might be what i should have done i should have started the story over just as loud but this time doing it in a hillbilly accent exactly. uh, then he would give me the double thumbs up. <laughs> give, nice. give us some free beer. So this place was called Zeno's, you said? Zeno's. Anyway, we, we left there. And then we went, I'd say goodbye. And then I went to my brother Tim's house. And as planned, changed into our heaviest clothes we had, including bib overall, bib, uh, bib lined snow pants, and trudged out to Chautauqua Lake, which deserves a link, particularly this time of year. I'll send you a picture, but you can get one online better. But this lake is, in, and it's the where, a place I mentioned before, the Chautauqua Institute. I have links to that before. Yep. Yes. And anyway, we trudged out there. He is amazing uh, dude, the way that he can build things, but the sled that he bought that has all the equipment in it that you drag out on the lake and has a pop-up tent that's got a heater in it, if you want it, was like pulling a concrete block through the snow, he said. So he constructed a set of skis and raised about 10 inches off the ground. And it was like a hot knife pouring through butter on that ice. You could pull it with one hand. So we trudge out and I see it's a panorama of it's snowing a bit. So white snow, two feet deep on an ice covered, snow covered lake with silhouettes of black trees and some houses around. And they're sitting around about 12 different holes they had dug in the ice were six Amish men, all dressed identically except one, in long black coats, knee-high black boots, 
and a straw hat. <laughs> and the other man who figured correctly was the father had on not a big overcoat, but a small coat. And uh, he was running from hole to hole. That image of that dark black coats, black boots, straw hat, out of respect for them, I didn't take a picture, even though I had a camera in my pocket. They don't. You're painting one now, so that's lovely. Yes, there it is. This is this is it. It's so vivid. They had one dude, man. He didn't have gloves on, for Christ's sake. He had caught two buckets, two five-gallon buckets of sunfish that were about five to six inches long. Each <laughs> one a crunchy bite. You're allowed fifty fish per man. He had caught enough. Fifty per man is the limit for sunfish. He had caught enough for him and probably two of his brothers when they were packing up to leave and they had their own sled and they were putting all their equipment on it. He's this, the old man was pouring bucket, five buckets of fish into one and then stowing the empty buckets. And I said to him, he was right next to me. And I said to him, at least you got enough for a meal. And he looked at me and he just said real straight face. He said, I got 12 kids. It ain't going to go far. <laughs> so I, he was with his five boys, five of his boys, and he had seven more at home. He certainly was not 38 years old. He was not. Birth control is uh, is an invention. That, not uh, for the Amish. No, that's too much. And then, blah, 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 th- when they got up to leave, they paraded as a group off the ice, each of them with their heads down against the wind. And it was snowing. This was a Pulitzer image in the white landscape and the silhouettes of the trees and these six uh, clad figures, five of them in black long coats. It was, I thought, oh, man. What an image. We caught 14. Took them back, fried them up, had a snack. Nice. So we finished the guys. And there's more ice stories, but I'll end there for now. We'll come back to it when we run out of things. So in the week after Myrtle Beach, Phil invited me out to a music gig in Newton, North Carolina. Oh, no kidding. And and I was like, sure, I'll go. And apparently it was supposed to be headlined by a guy that has played with Leonard Skinner and uh, a bunch of famous bands. But apparently at the last minute, he tested positive for COVID and so couldn't. And the guy that was going to be there arranged for several other people to to play, including Phil himself. And Phil came to pick me up at my parents' house. And then we, we went out there. And about halfway through the set, they invited Phil up and he did some amazing work. Actually, he can. And it was, it was just lovely to... Uh, and a good crowd? Good crowd, not a single mask worn by anyone, no. and it was a full full bar, and it. Uh, but it, it was good. It's a good old. What know, was the name of the bar? Because there was a bar up in uh, Newton we used to go to that had big iron railings in front of it, and was all hardwood and low slung. Or that was in Newton, or no, that was Hickory. Yeah, I don't recall exactly what it was, but it was, let me see. You got to give him a shout out. Novel Tap Room, it was called. And, and it was it was lovely. And he, he he played four or five songs and I, I recorded them for him. And and it was just uh, nice to go out and hang yeah. out with, with the regular old folks. And, and the old man uh, didn't venture out? The old man did not venture out, no. That was way too late for him. Yeah. But it was, it was lovely. And, uh, you know, shout out to Phil for being... The amazing Phil. Phil that he is. He and, he and Rick did some, was Rick right now? Or was yeah, it Steve? Rick, Rick. Rick. Yeah, it was amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Yeah, they certainly were able to jam together in a way that was just elegant <laughs> so, and beautiful. Tom Paul had written remarks for the for his speech to win the, the ultimate trophy. Did he? <laughs> Tell me about this. No. Don't you remember? I don't oh. remember written remarks. You will. We had moved beyond the, the awards. We were getting ready to do the, the, the talent show. Right. 
And I had started doing the preliminaries on that. And he's, he, he interrupted me. He was standing the entryway to the kitchen corridor there and, and said, hey, wait, he said, wait, before you go on, he said, and he had pulled a piece of paper out of his pocket, like you would at the Academy Awards. And he opened it up and he said, I, I took the moment. I do have a few prepared remarks for the <laughs> for winning the trophy. I said, ladies and gentlemen, I said, we have prepared remarks. And, we made all that, yes. and he read them. And it said he was humble and he was honored and this and that. And he got about two or three sentences into it. And nobody was paying attention when people started talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I paid attention, you know, and, and he got through it all. And I remember how much fun it was that nobody had ever done that. Although Mike Masterson had written out a, a, a great epic poem. Yes. <clears throat> that, I... that, of course, it was 12 stanzas if it was a one. I, so at the end of that particular year, I found that piece of paper and I shoved oh. it in my backpack. And then like seven years later, I found it and was and, and was reminiscing over it. And I don't know where I put it now, but... Uh, You'll find it. Oh, so I wanted to say your uh, anthem of uh, the committee was my selection of the something I was responsible to deliver, which was the anthem for the 25th and final... Myrtle Beach Classic. So you're just been has been selected. And I was just so happy to see that it was there recorded in video and sound. However, as your singing voice was a bit quiet, and it's very difficult to hear what you're saying. And the word I have the words because I found a copy of it and brought it home. You found and, my piece of paper that went like yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I have it. And so this is what I want to do. I want to dub the video. I, we could do this. I'm, I'll dub the video. I don't know how I'll do it. So, so many of the so many of the videos that I had to work were from my father's phone, and his phone is currently going through this bizarre problem that I haven't found a solution for. Where he starts recording, and it's it's like for the first thirty seconds of the recording, there's there's a sound guy at the mixer slowly raising the volume, huh. and then at thirty seconds in, it's the normal volume, but like it starts super quiet. And I have yeah. not found any sort of solution to this looking on the Google. My, my but, heart playing was exceptionally loud, I thought, in a couple of... But the, so as such, a lot of the content that we had was, like, the audio was uh, messed up. Yeah. But yes, I can do a repeat uh, performance for the soundtrack when later we re-release that album. <laughs> the, you could do that, but I want to dub it, too. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. Do you remember the if we talked about the Chevy Chase dubbing of the Paul Simon tune? That, that went viral. You can call me Al. The you can call me what? Al. Al. Yeah. That 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 was the music video for that song, and it was. Uh, and I remember at the time that it came out, I did not necessarily distinguish between between Paul Simon and Chevy Chase. Like I thought that Chevy Chase sang that song because that was the video that I saw. Because I was I was a kid. Oh and oh oh wait, wait wait. So how old were you? You can call me Al. Came out because you must have been young to think that. I was eight. Oh, or, so or you thought, it, as an eight-year-old, you thought that Chevy Chase was actually singing. Was okay, a- so in in '86, I guess MTV would have been around in '86. Yeah. So yeah. So what I saw, I, I had no idea who Paul Simon was. Of course, I saw eight years the, old. What I saw on the TV was Chevy Chase singing the right. song, and you I thought, was like, "Wow, that dude can sing." Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things that you know, as a kid, like I remember when I first discovered that the people that were playing characters on TV were actors and they weren't the actual people or whatever. Right. So that sort of realization. But yeah. And I also didn't really know Chevy Chase from anything at age eight. Uh, 
But uh, so on the way back over the pond, I watched uh, National Lampoon's Vacation because I, I was super tired and, but I wanted to watch something because I couldn't sleep and I wanted to watch something really easy to consume. Yeah, right. And there were, a bunch of, there, there were a bunch of new movies that I really wanted that I, that I do still want to watch, but, but I was just like, I just want to watch something that's easy and it's super stupid and funny. Like it is, it is what it is. It's classic. It's classic. It is in that. And who's the woman starring that? Beverly Ann D'Angelo? Yes. Yes. Who is, you don't know her during her time, but she always played the mob woman or the, or the, the other woman, et cetera, et cetera. And was in many serious roles. And it was great partly uh, because of her, I thought. Yes, for sure. Made. She for sure. She for sure. She for sure. You just coined a new word. She for sure. That sounds like a that sounds like a province in England. She for sure. I'm from. Oh, I'm, I'm from she for sure. <laughs> Where are you from, man? She for sure. Half uh, she for sure. Oh, yeah, over the deal. Yeah, they would. <laughs> well, it's it's. I had to deal with a lot of uh, snow here. You can yeah. imagine from the ice fishing story that, as I plotted closer and closer to home, they had experienced this when I was there. I think I showed you the picture about two feet of snow, and so the snow had melted then there was an ice storm so i had ice on my sidewalk that literally was two inches thick and a hazard beyond belief particularly when it starts to melt so i was out there with salt and a chopper that's the tool of the week is the straight edge ice chopper what's it what what is the chopper it is a a long-handled tool that has the bottom of it a forged metal blade that is about the size of five spatulas that you would uh, use to flip over an omelet. It's not so an it's axe. About, it's not a hoe. No, it's, it's not a, a it shovel. It's a chopper. The sharp edge blade is on the bottom of a half a circle. And that. Sharp on the bottom of a half a circle. So picture a grapefruit, a large grapefruit. I can't. Cut yes. in half. Yes. The silhouette with the flat half on the bottom is the blade sharp enough to chop the ice with a sharp blow. Oh. Bam. Okay. Riveting to the shoulder. Riveting to the shoulder. <laughs> Just like our content. This content is riveting to the shoulder. So well, I just looked up. I, I just looked up Beverly D'Angelo. You want to guess I who she it's is? D'Angelo. It's Dan. D'Angelo. Not, not D'Angelo. Not D'Angelo. D'Angelo. There's, there's, it's D. There's apostrophe. It's a D. Apostrophe. Okay. Do you want to guess how old she is? Now? Yeah. Eighty-two. She's seventy. You know, I'm, I'm offended on her on her behalf. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, I'm in trouble. Sorry, and, Beverly. And from 1997 to 2003. Who was her boyfriend? You'll never guess this. Alan Arkin. Got their first name right. Al Pacino. Oh, I knew that. He dated Al Pacino. So anyway, that's our fun fact for the week uh, with our tool for the week of the chopper. And I could carry that for you, honey. Hey, let me take it down the stairs. I got to go. Love you, man. (laughs) Okay. Time's up. Bye. Take whatever that is down the stairs. Take the chopper down the stairs. Okay, that's it for episode number 143. Dennis and I really did spend some time together, and we made some amazing music together. You can help support the show at patreon.com slash happy hour. You can find the notes for this episode at happyhour.fm slash 143. And we look forward to having you back next week.